Welcome to Moms Going Boldly, a Star Trek podcast. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Moms Going Boldly is two moms who love Star Trek and who happen to have children on the autism spectrum. Join me, Elizabeth, and my co-host Vicki as each week we talk about Star Trek episodes, both new and old. Are you ready for the adventure? Come join us on Moms Going Boldly. And welcome back to Moms Going Boldly, where today we're going to talk about Star Trek Discovery Season 2, Episode 8, If Memory Serves. And we chose this one to discuss again because of our reviewing of the cage and the conversation that we were having about the events on Talos 4 with Captain Pike. So now we're going to talk about Memory Serves, which is an episode that continues that storyline. Right. So I had forgotten all about this episode. Did you enjoy rewatching this episode? I didn't. No, I didn't. But I did remember it because earlier in the season for Strange New Worlds, when you were talking about Talos 4, you did totally forget that we knew I this totally was. I totally forgot. But I did remember it, but I didn't enjoy it. Oh, my goodness. No. Uh, as soon as I started watching it, I was like, oh, I see why I forgot this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> watching it again after watching The Cage and talking about the menagerie and sort of having those memories, the Talos 4 parts I actually enjoyed. Yes. The rest of the drama, 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 angsty, 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 I was like, oh my God, I forgot about all this. Yes. And it's funny because I watched the episode. It took me two days to get through it. And then I listened to that episode of the podcast. Oh, good for you. I didn't do that. I wasn't going to. And I was like, I couldn't have liked this when we first it. <laughs> Did I like it? No. <laughs> no, actually, I think you had the same comments. The Talos drama, drama, part. drama, angsty, angsty, angsty. Right. So, Papri, the Talos part was good, but the other parts were not. And then the big discussion about the reveal of the horrible thing that Burnham did to Spock when they were children. Uh. Was which was totally which was totally ridiculous and i Grow. still think it's yeah. totally ridiculous <laughs> So I think it's safe to say that even after all these years, but I'm wondering, the one thing I actually thought as I was watching this, and I even said it to my spouse, was I enjoyed Captain Pike so much. I said, this is why he got a spinoff. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because he's such a great character. And he's the only character that's actually, I don't know, that sort of stands out in a way. Absolutely. I mean, it's been said more than once that he and Spock, more so he, stole the whole show for the second season. Yeah. You know? Yeah. If it wasn't for them, I don't know that we would have kept watching. Here's some of the notes I wrote down last night. Forgot about the drama, drama, drama. Wish they had made Talos look more like the other episode. It just looks like it takes place in an abandoned pit mine. Yes, and I know that when we compare new Star Trek to old Star Trek, they always upgrade the aliens. But I liked the original Big Head. Yeah. I didn't think it was that cheesy. I that, didn't either, especially rewatching it. Right. I wish that they didn't upgrade these aliens. They would have looked fine to me if they made them exactly the way they did it in the cage. Yeah. And I was disappointed with the planet. I would have been happy if they did it on a set again. I think that would have been okay. 
because they create illusions. So create an illusion. Right, right. It felt like, a, I hate to say it this way, but like a cheap choice. Right. And that was disappointing. Yes. And I may have said that last time too. This is what else I said. Oh, I like the fact that they had that sort of ethereal tone in the background, like they did in the cage and the flowers, even though the flowers themselves were different. They were, yeah. I think because of their power of illusion, you could have gone with the exact same 60s era stuff and it would have worked. Exactly. And then I wrote down here, oh, right, the flashback. Because <laughs> it was all coming back to me. Oh, man. Now we have to get this backstory, this painful, ridiculous, angsty backstory. <laughs> right, right. So Which... I will say this. I actually decided this time, after watching how they treated post-traumatic stress with Detmer, right. I kind of really appreciated how they were treating this post-traumatic stress with Culber. The, I think the fight in his quarters with Paul was good. I actually was like, okay, you know what? I actually like this because it does show the anger side of grief. And so I was okay with that. And I did like the fight between him and Ash, which I yes. think I did. And Saru's letting him go at it. I did like that. I think yeah. we liked that in the last time too. We did. Yeah, yeah, we did. So Stamets was a little much for me. <laughs> um, but I understood Culver. Stamets was a little much. Yeah. I know he doesn't understand and he thinks everything was just going to fall back to the way it well, was. Well, and this was part of his arc where he became less me, me, me. I'm, I'm, I'm so, so, so smart, smart, smart. Right. And so this was, I think, part of that arc. Unfortunately, it was sort of, I don't know. It was one of those things where you and I have talked about this before when they sort of say, oh, we need some character development here. Here, we're going to throw in some trauma. Right. That's what the way it felt with, with Stamets. Whereas right. Culver's was a little, it, it flowed a little better. It flowed a little better and it was more expected, I think. Obviously, it was expected of he, he not understanding all this, but I just think it was a little dramatic. I think, as we said in the original one, a little soap opery. Yeah. Those were your words. And that's, <laughs> you know, that's how it felt to me. It, and it's funny because I probably said this last time too, and I know I've said this in other episodes. Where is the ship's counselor? I think you did, actually. <laughs> Where's the therapist who's helping this person handle the loss and now the rebirth of their partner? Yes, you did. You absolutely <laughs> did say that. <laughs> Which is something we said very often, but yes, you did absolutely yeah. say it in this episode. Okay, so I'm just repeating myself. So it, <laughs> it's kind of funny how nothing has really changed for us. Well, that's why I went back and listened, because it didn't even occur to me to go back and listen. But as yeah, I was, was watching this, idea. like I said, it took me two days to watch the whole thing, because I was so bored. So I decided yesterday when I drove to work, I was like, oh yeah, I should listen to what we said the first time. Well, another couple of the comments I wrote down here included when they discovered that someone sending encrypted transmissions oh we talked about this too go ahead <laughs> that they did it in the middle of the hallway yes is that, is that what we said what i said i'm like why are they talking about this confidential stuff in the middle of the hallway when <laughs> they clearly have someone on board the ship who's half who's not you have said that before i, I absolutely <laughs> See, I have the same thoughts over and over again <laughs> i don't think it was in this episode but my problem with this whole thing was Tyler's section 31. He's smarter than to use his own command code. Yes, so exactly. How did they not figure that out? Yeah. So I had a problem with that. Unless Ariam somehow made it look like he tried to hide it. But they didn't say that. They didn't say that, no. No, he just shoved it in his face and said it was your command code. Do you have more? I'm sorry. I do have a couple more. Um, the only other, I wrote, <laughs> I wrote a note that said siblings. Because the few moments of sort of the brother-sister banter between Spock and Burnham were delightful. 
Yes. We don't get a lot of it in this episode, but we do get a lot of it moving forward. Good. And I don't really remember it very well, but I did enjoy it very much. We're going to pause right here for a quick break. We'll be right back. Hey, Doug Gramley here from Yeah, That Can't Be Good. Doug here from the 13th Warehouse. If you are a fan of Eureka, please join Kim, Vicky, Skip, and myself over at Yeah, That Can't Be Good for an episode-by-episode podcast of all things Eureka at EurekaRewatch.com. If you're a fan of Warehouse 13, please join Kim and Vicky over at the 13th Warehouse at the13thwarehouse.com. You can also listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. Visit us on Twitter at Eureka Warehouse. Attention Warehouse fans. Kim and Vicky continue on with the Warehouse theme on the 13th Warehouse with Friday the 13th, the 1988 television series. Follow Mickey, Ryan, and Jack as they hunt for cursed antiques sold by Uncle Lewis to unsuspecting and sometimes suspecting patrons of his antique shop. So stick with us on the 13th Warehouse for Friday the 13th, the series. You can listen to the 13th Warehouse on our website, the13thwarehouse.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. I also really enjoyed, and I didn't write this down, but I also really enjoyed this reconnection between Pike and Vina. Right. I think last time I was so excited about seeing Vina and wondering what else they were going to do with the Talos 4 timeline that I really didn't pay as close attention to the emotional connection between them. And this time I did. Yes. And I really liked it. Yes. What were some of your thoughts? Those were mostly, I have another thought here that I can't read my handwriting. So. <laughs> well, the one thing I did notice that I didn't notice the last time I watched this, and only because we just watched The Cage, was if if you remember, we both didn't remember seeing the Telosians create a new pike. Yes. So I believe when the original series was on Netflix, and I'm just guessing because I've never seen that scene, that scene wasn't in there. I agree. I don't think it was. I think they only put it in when they remastered it. So I think this episode was shot before they started moving all of Star Trek to Paramount+. Plus. Yes. And so The Cage is, is a different episode now. Not different, but it, there's scenes that we hadn't seen before. But yes. in this episode, Pike doesn't seem to know that they created an, an illusion of him. She tells him. Yeah. Well, and but maybe and, maybe he didn't realize that it was a long-term illusion. I don't know. but it, No, it, you're right. He does look... In The Cage, we see they, they show him that they're giving her him. And they yeah, show... But I loved how he said, I'm glad you're happy. Right, right. That was so... Right. But now that the scene was added, now that they moved it to Paramount, this part of the episode doesn't make a lot of sense because we've seen that he knows they created him. And then I believe in the Menagerie, they do show us a scene of Pike and Vina walking into the rock at the very end. But, yes, that's, we do see that because but, in the end of the Menagerie, they've taken mortally injured Pike and given him new life. Yes, but because I never saw that scene in the cage last time I watched the Menagerie, I always thought, because I wasn't examining it closely enough, that since it was shot from a distance, that they just got two stand-ins to create that scene. Yeah. That little part of Vina and Pike walking into the rock wall and going down in the elevator. I always thought, because I'd never seen that scene, that they just got stand-ins and shot that scene just for that episode. Well, I never bravo for even thinking that through. I never even went that far. Now, and that makes sense. But now we see, now that we have that scene in the cage we see that it really was there to begin with if that made any sense (laughs) yes it did yes it did it totally made sense yeah you're right and that's something i never ever pondered i just kind of went with it okay there he is 
So any other thoughts about if memory serves? No, I, I'm glad that, you know, this establishes that the events of the cage had already happened by the time he's on Discovery. I did appreciate that. I did too. And yeah. again, you know, like so many of that season's episodes of Discovery, there was a lot of things that were great and a lot of things that were not so great. Right. While they were really, again, like so many Star Trek series before, finding their feet. Right, right. But Strange New Worlds is probably one of the best series to premiere oh, in the Star Trek universe. I would, I would go ahead and throw that out there. Absolutely, I agree. So shall we give this a rating on a scale of 1 to 10? <sighs> 4? <laughs> What did we give it last time? Well, I don't remember. I think, no, I think you actually gave it an eight. Did I really? Yeah. How I, generous I, I was. And I gave it a, se- <laughs> I gave it a seven just for the Talos four part. Yeah, I probably gave it you an know, eight for the Talos four part I think, I, because otherwise, yeah, I would have given it a four if I had to look at yeah. the whole entire episode. And you know, honestly, in comparison with season four of Discovery and season one of Strange New Worlds, it is a four in my opinion, now that we've seen how well they have pulled these storylines together. Cool. Okay, well then we will thank our listeners now for joining us, and I don't know what we're going to be doing next. I did actually see that they have finished the writing for season five of Discovery. I think so, yes. Do we have a a date for when we're going to see a new? No, I actually even watched Star Trek Day, and I I don't think they gave out any dates that I recall. I was so into Star Trek Day, and then whoop, it went to, oh my goodness, the Queen has died. Yeah, it was a little disheveled from last year. Was it? Yeah. That's how I felt. The next episode we're doing is another Discovery. I can't remember the name. Is it the one with the time crystals? The one with the time crystals, yes. Awesome. I can't remember the name. Looking forward to that one. Yeah. All right. Well, then we invite our listeners to join us when we talk about the one with the time crystals, (laughs) (laughs) which we'll probably record sometime the next few weeks. Yeah? Yeah. All right. Until then, we hope you guys are having a good beginning of autumn, and we'll talk to you soon. Okay. See you then. Take care. Bye. Join us next time for episode three of our six-part series on Pike's Timeline with Star Trek Discovery Season 2, Episode 12, Through the Valley of Shadows. See you then. You can continue exploring the universe with Moms Going Boldly by following us on Facebook at facebook.com slash momsgoingboldly and on Twitter at momsgoingboldly. The music used on Moms Going Boldly is Without Limits by Ross Bugden Music. On Twitter at Ross Bugden, licensed under a Creative Commons attribution license, creativecommons.org. You can listen to Moms Going Boldly on Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Player FM. And we're now also available on Apple Podcasts. Transfer complete.